0: Hi, my name's uh, Steve. I'll be hosting tonight's episode of Tempo Gaming's Conquest Podcast. I'm here with uh, Chris. How you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, good, man. Hey, everybody. Yeah, excellent.
0: So, taking a bit of a break from the normal routine. Matt, our uh, regular host, will not be joining us tonight, uh, so I'll be taking the reins on this one tonight. Uh, to start things off, we're going to be doing a episode on the Astra Militarum and their rise to power in the galaxy um we're gonna be talking about the warlords going through all four and how they yes right i said all four and talking about how they've influenced the game uh then we'll talk about a bit of their fluff and last but not least is what can we expect from astra in the sort of the next cycle so i think uh chris you're a bit of a bit of an expert on sort of the 40k world um how does astra fit into it where where, where do they sit um, okay, so the Astra Militarum
1: are like the, um, I guess, the endless, endless, endless numbers, like, like just this uh, untold billions, you know, of lives out uh, in the universe that make up the military wing, I guess, of um, the Imperium of Man. Um, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain if you don't have some, little, like a little bit of grounding in the 40K universe, but um, that's pretty much it. They're, they're almost like this, um, they're the military wing, um yeah of so the, like uh, going,
0: of the em- I think how it yeah. works like the space marines work for the emperor or something like that and so they go out and conquer the planets and then you've either got the choice of being destroyed or enrolled into the military for the emperor is that the way it works
1: yeah kind of kind of it's essentially um so the space marines are like the genetic engineered troops you know one of them is worth you know like a million soldiers that sort of stuff yeah um but the um they're more of the elite side of it, whereas the, they operate very independently as well of each other. So um, space marines will set their own missions and uh, essentially only they only answer to their chapter master, whereas the Astra Militaire and previous Imperial Guard, they've got a much more regimented, um, I guess, and formal structure, if that makes sense. They, there is a like a more of a hierarchy um, they do work with each other and stuff like that, whereas Space Marines, not as much. They they sort of decide what's important, and they will work together, like, when it's required, but they almost operate independently as well at the same time.
0: Right, yeah, so going to look at the Astra, I mean, they've got so many different commanders and stuff like that. I mean, you can't go the Commissars. I mean, just basically do what you're told, or I'm going to shoot you in the face. So Yeah,
1: pretty much. That's how, like, the Commissars, for example, that's how they keep... Um, Uh, loyalty within the ranks it you know it's through execution and you see a lot of that as well like there's conscripts um, the penal legion um that you that you see they're made up of um prisoners who that that's their sentence essentially like if they survive the penal legion then they've they've redeemed themselves and but like i think a lot of the the penal legion as well uh people on death uh, death sentences or lifers and stuff like that so it's pretty interesting
0: yeah, so, I mean, they're sort of the uh, 40K versions of the Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, um, a lot of the, um, the Astra, especially, like, with this new um, uh, warlord, like, uh, he's a Vostroian. It's very, um, like, World War Two Russian-based. Like, a lot of it is loosely, but with the, the Vostroians especially, but they're just about, like, just having hordes and hordes of, like, cheap infantry and, you know just lots and lots of cheap tanks just they've got they're just like a horde army they've got a lot at their disposal and you know that in itself is the quality they've just got so much um so many weapons to bring to bear it's not necessarily the best weaponry but there's just so much of it
0: so like in the game itself would you classify the astra as a horde army or just more like orcs the you know the green tide or nids even
1: um, yeah, they can be played like that. Like, I haven't played 40k much uh, this edition, but, you know, stuff like that doesn't change too much. And they can definitely be played as a horde army. because have got so many infantry. And it's very easy for them to bring them uh, to put them on the field as well, just with, like, uh, I guess what you'd call it, the command structure and how it works in 40k, like, as far as like troop slots and stuff like that. But um, it's even quite legitimate now to play an elite army with them. And it's like an old, old school um formation called a tank company so you can just play all tanks again if you want so you can play fewer models but um they're still cheap tanks in themselves so
0: yeah i had the old tank army back when they were called imperial guards so yeah yeah was um i quite enjoyed that now the other thing about is also enjoyed too is they're not just humans so i mean that's the other thing i mean when i was playing with them you had the ratlings you had the ogres Yeah, um,
1: yeah, pretty much. So they're not as extreme as like the Tau, like the Tau Empire. It's almost like the same doctrine, but not. So the Tau will adopt anyone into their um, into their empire, I guess. So there's yeah. a lot of different races within the Tau, whereas with the Guard, not so much. So like in the old school fluff, like and I'm not sure if it's changed or not because it can change addition to addition. But like, so the Ogrins are essentially like a subspecies of human and so are the ratlings. Like I think the fluff behind Ogren was that um, they come from like a high gravity um, world. So, so they, their muscle structure, their bone structure grew to be a lot denser because of right. it, because of you know the gravity on this planet. So yeah, they're still meant to be humanoid of some sort, but because they could be used in, you know, in the guard, they weren't exterminated.
0: Yeah. Right. So yeah. sort of just jumping into a bit of, you know, card text and versus the flavour there. I mean, we've got through, in the core set we had the Ogrin release there, who is a two two and can't be targeted by enemy events. Yep. Do you think that suits the card or do you think he's they built the card and called it an Ogrin? Or they've reckoned they've thought of an Ogryn? What what is an Ogryn? You know, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, because no, mine no, no, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, man. Um, no, I don't think – actually, I, I was thinking about this today and I think that of all the races and stuff like that in Conquest, I actually think that a lot of it fits in, like as far as like the cards and stuff like that, but I th- really think that they haven't taken um, the Imperial Guard or, the, you know, the Astro Militarum. I probably th- – I think they're the least closest to uh, the way that they're seen in 40K and what I mean by that is like, um, they're not a horde um, uh, army anymore like they're not a horde um, presence in conquest like they're actually very very durable which um, I'm surprised that they've gone that way with them but I understand that like for game design you can't have it exactly the same and whatever else but yeah like like with an ogren for example you would think that they would be a bit sturdier like they'd be one of those more beefier like um, more health units but they're not yeah
0: I was sort of going like a four4 sort of thing like you know I'd picture like a you know big meaty guy not not a
1: 2-2 yeah yeah exactly and yeah. it's a very interesting as well because like the Ogrins, like them not being able to target it by events which um like if you if you translate that to like um 40k is usually like pinning checks or you know fear and and, and things of that nature um the Ogrins don't really have a high leadership like they can be joined by commissars and stuff like that like um like I said, I'm not really familiar with Astro as it stands right now, but they were never really known for having a high leadership. So stuff like that, they would be quite vulnerable to unless you put something like a commissar with them to look after them. And like yeah. with his high leadership and being able to push them forward, which yeah I find pretty interesting that they're the one unit that's immune to events like a non elite unit especially. That's um yeah, it's it's pretty interesting.
0: Mm, indeed. Well, having said that, the comms are in this game, as we'll talk about a bit later, certainly does well of pushing them forward and driving them. However, I yep. don't think there's too many Ogrens getting played in decks these days. Um, Not me either. Sort of The other card we're looking at there, sort of touching on there, is the Rattling Deadeye. Um, yep. Now, I used to play a few Rattlings, and these guys are perfectly suited, in my opinion, to what the card does. They're a little tiny, little 1-1 unit for one, but they've got range, so they're sniping from a distance. And that, to me, is what they did in the actual game when I played them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They um, they fit really, really well into it. Like them being um, just a cheap unit, um, you know, low health, not a heap of damage, but um, just having the range on it. Yeah, it really fits thematically for what they were in um, in forty k.
0: Yeah. All right. So enough talk about that. We'll jump into going through our warlords here a bit. So I think we'll start from the corset. Uh, so we'll jump into Colonel Strachan. Uh, so anyone not familiar with him or hasn't basically doesn't remember what he does because everyone's just playing Broderick Ward these days. So he's a 2-6 yeah. ward, 7-7 uh, seven, seven, uh, in cards and resources. So each other soldier or warrior unit you control at this planet gets plus one attack. Um, so when this guy first came out in the that he was like, oh yeah, you can play all your warriors, and you know, because you don't have to stick to your faction, you can go in there with your space marines, and he's given them plus one as well. But, you know, sort of like, as you go forward, you go, wow, he's a 2-6, it's good, but he's a bit squishy because they just focused on him so he became sort of one of those guys who just couldn't hold his own in battle um so people started drifting away from him. that's how i sort of found him early on so he was good and as the guards went on they just didn't have the extra support um mm. there was just nothing there for him. they just they were full of you know they weren't big dudes like the ogres. they're two twos they had a lot of good you know, two-drop units, but they just, you know, they die in combat so easy. That plus-one attack was just, you couldn't stay at the planet with Strachan, so you'd have to run. So um, how did you find him, Chris, when the corset came out anyway as the first Well, yeah, that's,
1: that's the thing. I didn't get into, um, into Conquest until it was probably, it was definitely during the first cycle. I can't remember how late, but um, I guess just like looking upon reflection with Strachan, because it's conditional of him being at the planet. It's almost like you see that with a few other things. Like, um, there's always the issue with like uh, units that deal damage, like for chaos, like say, um, uh, you know, like a lot of the Nurgle units, especially they're just better in Zathura than what they are in a Kugath deck. And I think you see that now with Strachan, despite it being, you know, it might be a soldier. And there's a lot of they've got access to a lot of soldiers now. They're just better in a, a Broderick deck because. Yes. The conditions are just easier to achieve
0: Yeah absolutely I mean there's, I mean, the thing about it, We'll go to more project a bit later But being able to have your ability useful at every planet Not just the planet you're at And there's the difference So you know, just looking a bit at that We'll talk about a bit of your signature squad here Which is, which to be honest they're not bad um, So Strachan's command squad they 2-2 for 2 with one command um, When they leave play You put a guardsman to, at the same planet So essentially if you go into Strachan They're a 3-2 because they're a soldier um, look, these guys were better bit of damage early on because you have the Katachan outpost, yeah, which was boofing your deeds by two. Um, so they were pretty, they were pretty sturdy, yeah. As, as you just quite back in the time, yeah. um, you know, and a pretty good mustache on the main dude on the artwork there, so it always helps,
1: yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but even um, the interrupt
1: is really nice as well. Like, when you know, it does leave play, you're getting another token that's going to be a two two at the same planet, like if you've got strack and like a synergizer as well.
0: Yeah, it really does, and that was that was the start of Astra. So I think they they actually peaked in the core set. Unfortunately, sort of they just went really quiet there. So, um, just sort of moving on. Like this is one of my favourite cards, I reckon. You know, even still to date. I mean, that was one of the reasons I stayed with Dragon for a bit. Is glorious intervention. Yeah. Um, Freaking love that card. So yeah. after a unit is assigned damage by an attack, he can sacrifice a soldier or warrior at the planet, prevent all the damage, and then basically punch him in the face with that unit's attack value. And that's all in one card. And to yeah, me, that that's just is so handy.
1: So yeah. that's actually interesting. That card ties in a little bit with the thematic as well, of what Stracker was always about. He um, had like an ability, which is counter-attack. So essentially, when he was attacked, he counted as, um, if he passed like a leadership test, he count as charging as well. So... Um, I like yeah. that, that they've included, yeah.
0: Did he I'm not sure about this, but did he actually shoot a laser from his eye in the game? Was that was my thinking the right dude? No,
1: no, it's just I mean, a bionic guy.
0: Bionic guy didn't have a laser right? on no, it. Think nah. I, I, I think I was thinking of the commissar Yarrick or something, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think Yarrick might have had it,
0: yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's look stracking from the Corset. He was look back and he was good when the Corsair came out, but he just died off and Astra became the laughing stock of the sort of conquest universe for a while there. So, cause they did not what, release much to help him out. What uh, do you think would make
1: Strachan good again? Like what, what does he need?
0: Oh, it's hard to say at the minute because I mean, with war looking in there, it's so hard to think what, what card can you make for Strachan? It's not going to work for war.
1: Yeah, I guess and it comes. That's, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause <laughs> even if it's warlord protection that allows him to stay at a planet longer in order to use his ability, it's still going to work really well with with Broderick.
0: Yeah, you, you've got – I can't <laughs> think of a card off the top of my head where you can say, oh, that guy is so good for straking.
1: No, 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 definitely not. not but even like, 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 can you think of anything at all that would um, sort of bring him to the fore? Like, where's he – like, what does he need? I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, like, like you said, I don't, I'm not sure if there's anything that just yeah, wouldn't be I mean, better than Broderick.
0: I mean, the only sort of picture you can think of is, say, uh, you know, while you've got a you, while you, it's a soldier of war or something, while you're at a planet with your warlord, you know, because Strachan's going to go there anyway, as opposed to Broderick's sort of going to go, he's not going to go to the same planet as this guy. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe like a a new type of groupie would be cool. Yeah,
0: if you get you know some really big synergy, or maybe if they release a unique unit saying you know strachan's elites or something, we can only play it with Strachan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a slippery slope but, to go down there yeah, to do no, something like there. that.
0: If you're just going to release a card just to make one wallard better, I mean, stop pumping it, mate.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that would be it. maybe like some sort of um, synergistic uh, card that's w- while your wallard is present, but still would be very hard to do because, like you said, if it's some sort of damage absorption, like another like bodyguard type card,
0: yeah.
1: it'd just be good as it'd be nearly as good in in a Broderick deck. So.
0: Yeah, yeah that, I mean the the two are just way too similar, and Brody just has that extra ability. So I guess I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Strakhan, Although you know, coming to the next game night like kit, Strachan is the new um, promo card. Yeah, so he's a promo warlord. So maybe people might just play him because they got some pimp. So yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> you, know, well, <laughs> you never know. So yeah, maybe right, moving on to uh, the next guy. So yeah. our next one is the old uh, Inquisitor. Are they? What are these guys called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... To- oh, God, how do you pronounce this? We'll go... Commander Talkamada. Yeah. <laughs> how How did you say? Court Cot- Cot- a Talkamada. Uh, talkamada. Yeah, so he's the uh, Soldier Inquisitor. He's a zero eight. 8 I just um, call him Cortez. Yeah, I think everyone pretty much does. Talkamada. <laughs> right, yeah, um So you sacrifice a unit as a combat action to give the wall plus-three attack. Uh, for these next attack in this phase. Limit once per attack. Um, now, the key important thing about is, and, and this is the most important fact, is when he came out, he was the first Warlord to be 8-8. Eight, eight. So, 8 resources, 8 cards straight off the bat. And so, 8 health as well. Well, yeah. Zero Which attack. is significant, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, having the extra card and the resource is, you know, was people thinking, oh, heck, you know, Everyone talks about card games being such a resource-controlled game, and you know he is getting extra right off the right off the bat. Um, so there was a lot yeah, of interest right. in him, yeah. you know, before you know he came out, just thinking, you know, this is the first guy that's changing the old seven-seven mm-hmm. you know, structure. So um, look, I ran this guy for a bit, especially when he first came out, and he actually. I remember playing a few games actually against some of their local guys, and he's actually got a really nice combo with preemptive barrage and he's just uh, oh, yeah. squad, yep. where he can just go off tap in the ranged phase. So much like your uh, you know Zara third deck, where you can just go, all right, there's no attacks yet. All right, let's just go action, 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 action.
1: Yeah,
0: so that's powerful. A a so.
1: Yeah, it's a bit scary when you can do that. You, you can set up um a couple cards and you know kill someone in the action phase or at least you know decimate him enough that the fight's done
0: yeah so look I so say i ran this guy for a little bit and but i did find him very much a one-trick pony if you weren't yep. drawing your combo um you were very much getting hammered and the thing <laughs> i hate about this warlord is the fact that he's got the zero attack to start off with so you can't go hunting those little yes Back when this guy came out he was there was so much of, like, the Void Pirates, the Rogue Traders. They were just flooding the boards, you know, for the first two drops in the, you know, in the deploy phase. Yeah. Um, I love going hunting those guys and just going, yeah, I'll steal command, kill your unit, so that. This guy couldn't do it. So it was just a different play style mm. um, to what I'm sort of used to. You sort of had to go – he only was good at planets with other units.
1: Yeah, absolutely, which makes him, like, incidentally, like, he's he's got no attack value, but he's quite an aggressive warlord. Yeah. Because you need, like ideally, that's where you want to be putting him in in the fray, so you can use his ability and and you know and be aggressive with him. Otherwise, unless you're going to put him on an empty planet or still command or something like that, but you know maybe take a little bit of damage and then uh, retreat from the planet. But that's not ideal because then you're triggering off uh, the planet ability for your opponent. So yeah, mm-hmm. so you you do want to be sending him in, into the fray.
0: So, yeah, he was just a bit like that. And I suppose now when you sort of go back at the time, he was sort of, he was okay because he got the extra card and the resource so you could sort of make do with that. But you mm. ran out of units by yeah. trying to have his ability. You just sort of, what you you had to draw on all the little dudes because you weren't sacking you, um, your Assault Valkyrie to get an extra three attack. Just No, of course not. Yeah, no. so, I'm like, of course, on one life or something. But that was the yeah. hardest part um, we had to look at. And... I think now what we've got is like the troop transport. This card's not broken, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would just be so much, I mean, think about that, where you could just drop the troop transport in a green planet. you get two dudes who can swing for one apiece and, hey, and then Gorkers swing swinging for the extra three. It gives you that extra buffer you need to sort of maybe sway the battles every now and then.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was just going to ask, actually, with um, the essentially like, you know, the last three packs, um, and how much Astro has been boosted? Like, how do you think he sits now? Because like Astro have got a, l- there's a, l- a lot of um sacrificeable units, I guess. Like especially with those tokens, like they can bring tokens into play. Like um like forward barracks now, for example, just works so well with CoTiers.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, Forward bags is a sin.
1: Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, it is too. Yeah, it's a sig, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking it's a three. It's um, in any
0: deck. But... No, no.
1: Tr- yeah, troop. Yeah, troop transport. Sorry. Yeah, yeah three transport. of those. I mean, there's six tokens. Um, it triggers so well with him.
0: Yeah, it, it really does. Like I think it, um, it's definitely made him like more playable with the Astra thing. I suppose it just depends on what your flavour is. Um, but I sort of lean back up once again. Is you know, although he's got a different ability, he's still pumping his attack. Um, which it's not different enough to what war does. War's boosting all of your units.
1: Yeah, that's um, it. That's, that's it. And therein lies the problem. Like you're still yeah. not, you're not getting enough sacrificable units. I guess. Like you, you do have those boosts, but you can't rely on troop transport alone to do it. Um, like you've got cheap units, like Astro putting some really really good stuff out for cheap. Like, um, especially with like the Shrine Guard and stuff like that. But do you yeah. really want to be sacrificing them? To get three attack on your warlord.
0: Yeah, um, really as cool
1: opposed cool. to like, yeah, just being better at a green planet. Um, uh, I don't know,
0: probably not. Yeah, well, therein lies the question, I suppose. I mean, there's going to be those games where you're playing war um, and, you know, you get, you flip and it's like, oh crap, there's two green planets, but they're planets four and five, planets one, two, and three, no green, and, you know, the game's over before I've even got a chance to use my ability. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's where you sort of go, you know, if you're playing maybe. You know, Koti is like we are now. It's like, well, maybe I can just go super aggressive and I'll just go wallet hunting because you know I'm, I'm swinging with my dude, sacking it for another three attack. You know, it brings on the damage pretty well. So,
1: oh yeah, yeah, it's huge damage output, like especially yeah. um, if you. Uh, I suppose it depends what you're doubling up the units with and stuff like that. Like, um, but like with the, with the black ship, if you can sac, you know, sacrifice an actual unit, you know, like something cheap like a. Um, um, a shrine guard or something like that, um, or maybe even something. What is it? The um, the psychers. I mean, uh, or oh, the mystic wardens. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they're going to get sacked anyway. But
0: yeah, uh, a lot of in Astra is the augurs getting a lot of play these days, which is the uh, two two drop. Which when he dies, you search for a uh, a support. Yep. In top six cards. Um, yep. They're seeing a lot of play at the moment. So. I mean, if you look at it in this way, it means a bit of a combo there for you. You got the black ship in play. You have got your augur, so you sack the augur to give him plus three attack. Um, mm-hmm. Black ship triggers. You put two guardsmen in play. You search top six cards. Um, you get a troop transport. Bam! There's another two. So you got f- suddenly from one card, you got four, you know, tokens in play.
1: Yeah, you know, which is so good. Um, which, at yeah, the same time, the there's, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, with like those cards individually aren't, aren't that great. So you need a lot of synergy happening there. Whereas like with, you know, we go back to Broderick, all the units are just independently good because of his ability. And then like, you know, the Shrine Guard again, their planet like this, them deploying it a green planet just makes them even better. So it's, you know, they're, they're still good independent of each other and they become even better um, when they synergize together in like a war deck, whereas like what we're talking about there is like you need two or three cards to combo and what the black ships are one of in order for it to be, you know, respectable, but without it, it's not so much.
0: Yeah. Indeed. All right. Well, with no further ado, we'll jump onto the man himself, um, Broderick Wall. So for those of you guys who you haven't um, just stay clear of Astra because you don't like it for some reason, or it's just not your cup of tea and no one in your meta is even looking at Astra because you think they're too weak um, let me tell you, this guy is the boss of the Astra Militarum. So he's a 2-6 with a 7-7 resource card cap. Uh, army units that retreat from this planet are destroyed instead. Um, and his next paragraph, which is the key thing there, is each other Astra unit you control at a green planet gets plus one attack and gains cannot be retreat or routed. So he has been just dominating the world scene since this guy came online. Um, yeah, like I played against him in the store champs uh a while back. Um, and if any of you guys are long term listeners, you'll pretty much know how that one went. So not bitter about it at all. It's yeah, you know, still good, you know, only rolled a dice at the start of the day to beat me. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean he's just got great signature cards. Um, he's so synergetic with the rest of the faction. There's not too much bad stuff you can say about him without you know, you you put any more stats on the guy, and he's just too good. So,
1: well, I was about to say, actually, do you think that they went too far with it? I mean, there's a lot of abilities in his in his um his text box, right? So, if, like, if you compare it, like someone else who's got something really long like that, is like Ragnar Blackmane, which is his ability to essentially deal two damage to another uh, to a unit while another warlord is present, as opposed mm-hmm. to Broderick War, which is okay. So you got this synergy. Um, so there's no retreating. Um, for his units, if you try and retreat, you're destroyed and you get so it's essentially he's got three abilities on his text box on his card, as opposed to you know, like you know, other warlords like okay, so like Cotier's sack a unit, gain three attack. Do you think they went too far with what they were doing with him?
0: Uh, look, I certainly don't. I mean, I mean, Kevin, look at the rest of the meta at the time, it was all Kith, Kith was winning everything, Kith was just a choke deck. You know, dark Elders choking you out of the game. It's not a fun game to lose to a choke. Um, and I so say, when you're playing against Broderick, although he's good, you can he's dominating now. But you know, you can play it ten times because it's a game. You're not getting yeah, choked out of it. You can still do your stuff. You know, he's just probably doing a little bit better. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I don't think he's broken or anything like that because they try to get in there and say, you know, look, you've got to rely on green planets. Um. But you know, it's so easy just to you're surprised how many times green planets just come up. They
1: just well, I was gonna say, man, like it's all I'm good to say you got to rely on green planets, but I mean, it's 60% of the card pool of the under planet pool, and then you've yeah. got the ability to make a planet green so, so you know when you need it. So I don't think the condition there is that tough compared to like no. other, um, you know, other card conditions,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think. I think War itself, I mean, like I played War when he first came out, brand new out of the pack. Um, and look, I played a lot of games with him and I think he was okay. He certainly wasn't, you know, fantastic. It's not until sort of like the next pack out where Troop Transport came out where he just became suddenly, wow, <laughs> that's so hard yeah. to beat. So, yeah. you know, I attribute that probably more Troop Transport being such a wrong card. You know, it's a mm. zero drop support, dropping two guys in the green planet. Essentially, you're dropping two, two twos who's in for free.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even with the Shrine Guard as well, man, like they're a one drop. Three, two. For a set. Yeah, for a three, two, one command. Like to me, it just seems just so undercosted for what it is because the conditions are just, you know, like it's all. Why even bother put, putting them on there? Like, unless yeah. it comes to one of those really, really horrible planet flops, um, which it'd have to be pretty rare. Um, yeah, it just. And that's a thing, too. I don't even think that the the planet flop wouldn't matter if it was that horrible because it'd still be really hard to win off it just due to tricons and stuff like that. So even if it was bad to begin with, it's probably going to be a longer game that you can come back from anyway. You don't have to fight as hard um, because you know it's going to be a long-term game. So, yeah, these conditions, I just don't think... It's almost like redundant, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, look, it still serves a purpose. I mean, his signature card being summary execution where you can turn a planet green if you wanted to. Um, yeah yeah yeah
1: of course but i'm just saying it's so it's so loose like mm, it makes you wonder i guess yeah
0: um... having said that look i like broderick um i've got no problem playing against him i play with him so i suppose that's why as well Mm. but you know i suppose it comes down to it i think the guy himself is you know it's really good but i think the card you know everyone's sort of you know just turned the tie with strip transport um and looking on that, I mean, and forward barracks being signature support is just so off its head as well, it's so good. So, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Like, um, yeah, those cards and um, that have come out, um, in those last two packs, especially like, like we said, like forward barracks and and the shrine guard, I think are just uh phenomenal,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's our three awards currently. So, we'll move on to our newest uh ward who's just got spoiled on the FFG website here. Um, so as Chris was saying before, he's a, a Vostroyer, so going off the old Russian guys there, named Grigoriy Maxim. He's a 1-7. Uh, he's got seven hearts, seven resources. So his bit of text here is: while you control, sorry, while a unit you control is being dealt damage, support cards in your hand maybe use the shield cards with one shield icon. If the shielded card is a tank, um, that supporting card has two uh, shield icons instead. So this guy's busting into the scene. He's trying to get the vehicle status up. I mean, we've seen a bit with Gauzod, um, mm. trying to get the sort of different bit of a play style up. Um, he's also turning those sort of useless support cards in your hand into suddenly some credible cards here. Um, so the things that come to mind straight off the bat are the reducers from the core set. So how they made them, they're one drop reducers, but they made them unique. So playing three of them in your deck was sort of like, well, okay, I'm not going to play three because I've got two useless cards once I get the first one out. Yeah, Um, and unless I get on the first turn, it's not going to happen anyway. So yeah, I reckon you'll start seeing three of those in his deck, um, as well as a lot of other sort of good cards. Um, What's your sort of take on this guy?
1: Um, Well, just touching on that, what you just said about putting like unique cards and stuff like that in your deck, um, it was interesting because we discussed um, the the Tuned card. What is it? The biomass um, sacrifice, I think it's called, which is you know burn as many cards as you'd like out of your hand to gain a credit and we sort of said like when will that ever stack up but this ability is almost like that in the regards to like you can put those card, like those unique cards in your deck now like if you want it hand, you can go um you know put three in there and you don't have to worry about two dead heart dead cards in your hand anymore because you can burn them as shields like it's 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 quite powerful when you think mm-hmm. about it and then even to like okay so you're left with options now like do you put more of these um, supports into your deck, knowing that you can, you know, sort of remove events um, or shield cards, or do you just try and stack them and you can sort of remove units and just rely on a bit more of an elite um, sort of tank-based deck and just double up, you know, on your shields, like your shield values in there and just make them incredibly durable.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's enough supports out there you can sort of go off tap with this, but and then, yeah. of course, so you don't want to play it. Well, you've always, you know, you've got that reliant in there, so yeah, like, and, I'm I,
1: there's not one build with him, I don't think.
0: No, it's certainly not straightforward. I mean, cause, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about Conquest, where we are now, is the fact that I think we're getting to the depth of the game where it's not just one build. Um, no, that's it's right, it's definitely, yeah, we're definitely, definitely at that stage now. Coming in. Um yeah. Before it was certainly, you know, I mean, the only faction that probably still suffers a lot from that is probably Space Marines. Yeah, um, definitely. Which, but having said that, so I was playing a bit on Octagon um, during the week actually, and I camped against a few different cards in the Space Marine deck. So yeah, um, it's a bit different. But yeah. I mean, the core of it is still the same. You still got yeah, you know, your Indomitables and everything else in there. Your yeah. Blood Angels, everything else. You know, your Honor Librarians. Um drop pot of salts, all still basically mostly the same, but you know you just toss it mix it up between one or two cards so it's...
1: Yeah, that's it and, and that'll change a little bit, like when you see more abilities come out, like being able to target like those bigger units, like um, like the Cinch uh, the Disciples you know, being able to swing and then deal unpreventable damage to a unit um, based upon command I mean, it just allows you to snipe um stuff so much more easily, like, um, say, like your Blood Angels vets or even, um, like, a damaged Honored Librarian or something
0: like that. Absolutely, not a Honored Librarian's only got one, I mean, two health anyway, that's the whole thing
1: about Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. So it just allows you to take, just bypass um, his main ability. But, um, yeah, we are seeing that variety. But um, yeah. Yeah, the other interesting thing with, um, with Maxim as well is, so... Where do you go with him as far as, like, do you go, like, a 50-50 mix with vehicles and infantry? Like, obviously, you want it supported off um, the Chimera. So, you, I mean, just the Chimera in, in this deck makes it incredibly survivable and therefore makes any infantry you've got with it incredibly more survivable.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chimera is the only way... I mean, you're not going to have a full deck full of tanks. Um... No, no. So, I mean, and especially not tanks anyway. I mean, they've got other vehicles. Like I you say, your Assault Valkyrie is really good, but, you know, it's not a tank. Yep. Um, I think the Chimera's is in there. You've got the Tauric APC. Is that a tank? Uh, yeah, it's all oh, actually. Oh, I'm APC. not sure if it's got... I'm uh, not sure if it's got tank trait. I'm not even sure.
1: Um, no, it think, doesn't. It's vehicle transport.
0: No tank. No, oh, it's transport. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it doesn't quite function with that one. Um, going off the thing, you've got... The Basilis may be a tank, um, which is a six-drop range thing. We'll just, play. Uh,
1: no, Vehicle Artillery Elite.
0: Vehicle. Uh, what do we got? What about the Lehman Russ? It's got to be a tank. Yeah the, yeah, the Russ is a tank. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, look, maybe the Lehman Actually, Russ Actually,
1: you know what? Oh, the Chimera, chimera is vehicle transport as well. Oh, there you go. I thought so, they were tanks
0: too. So it's really only, what do we got? The squad, his you signature squad um, and the Lehman Russ.
1: Awesome. See some Rust play.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, So focus on that. What is uh, signature Squad does anyway is it's a three-drop, two-three, one command icon, uh, no war gear attachments, for all most tanks have. Um, When you use a shield card to prevent this unit from taking damage, that card gains one shield. So basically what we're saying is, you know, a support in your hand to basically shield this squadron is already two shields. Actually, three shields. Three shields with that one.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Three shields straight off the bat, yep. so um, you suddenly reduce uh, reduces and stuff. There's a three shield. Now three shields are only signature cards up until this day. Yeah, exactly. Right now you could have with this with this squad. You've got, I reckon how many shield cards? Three shield cards in your hand. Yep. So look, this tank is you know just staying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. For a three drop, I think it's costed well um, yeah. for the abilities and that. Yeah, it's um, it's good. Like it's it's different.
0: Yeah, two three. It's very it's very durable, as you were saying before. I mean, as you know, so we were talking about the fluff at the start of this podcast, we were saying, you know, the, they're durable units, they're not a horde unit. They're durable. Yeah. Um, you combine that with all their other durability. Um, you got the you know you got the bodyguard thing. You got the hard point uh, attachments, the dozer blade. I think it is, which gives mm-hmm. you extra health. Um, and you know and what? Maybe that's how they've
1: maybe that's how they've tried the to cup. capture it. Like not through heaps and heaps of um, units as such, like through a horde. Maybe they're meant to. Maybe they're trying to represent the horde, you know, through just sheer durability yeah, um, of their it's units, sort of a bit which might yeah, be. So... Yeah, yeah, which might be the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to his signature support here. Uh, now this is in a location; it's a strat- stratagem. Mm-hmm. Uh So it's clearing the path. A reaction. Uh, when you win a battle at a planet with your warlord, put a Astra support card from your discard pile into play at your HQ. Uh, it's a two-drop. So. I mean, no offense. That's pretty good considering you got troop transport, Inquisitor fortress. I mean, how nuts is that?
1: Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Well, yeah. it's essentially you—you're not scared to use those cards as shields either, <laughs> because with this in play, yeah, you're getting them back.
0: Yeah. Um, now, always, I can think is I mean when she's got the ability to sort of jump around and win multiple planets, sort of like triggering this multiple times in a round. Yeah. I don't think Astra can do that. Um, except for that, what's uh, that event that got released like two packs ago where they could, after you win a battle, you can move two Astra units from another planet? That the, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't think it does. That I think
0: that I'm pretty sure it's army units only. So, looking, um, I, mean, if, I mean, if that does a wall, man, I mean, we're looking at this support so far and going, okay, well, you can. Uh, what was, what was the card?
1: Feather, I think. Here's um, in Feather. Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, so after you win a battle at a green planet, move to up uh, to two non warlord units you control. Non
0: uh, planet. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, can't live the dream. Oh, well. There <laughs> <laughs> is some balance in, in yeah, Guard. some balance. Hey, <laughs> thank God. Oh, Guard are broken after all, apparently. Huh. Um, so, look, I mean, this is a pretty good support. I mean, you get this card early, and it's going to be re-triggering troop transports and Inquisitor Fortress. Uh, that's just so good. Um, but then again, late game, you see this, you draw this card sort of like at the final, with the 11th hour, doing nothing mm. for you.
1: Yeah, but it's still good, man, because you're ignoring the cost or, or whatever it is. Like, it's put straight into play at your HQ. So, I mean, you're getting it—you're getting that card back for free as well with no cost involved. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I suppose I mean, it's I mean,
0: still a shield card in your hand, isn't it, I suppose, with this guy? So Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: No, it's yeah. it, it put into play at your HQ so it doesn't go back to hand.
0: No, I mean, but uh, no, it itself can be as a shield card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. sort of thing. It's like, oh, i got my signature tank You play. Oh, it's a three shield. Oh, so yeah. mine's not going anywhere. Yep. So, um, all right. So, keep on going. His event here is a one-cost event with one shield. Combat action. Ready, target, tank. You control. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Especially if you e- put the passers in here, which is the three-six ranged. Oh, wasn't yep. it? No, it was artillery, wasn't it? Yeah, that's know? artillery. Oh,
1: the best thing that I can think of off the top of my head that it triggers well with is the Hellhound.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've got about the Hellhound. That old being area yeah. effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Um, I mean, that's not too bad of a cinch itself. He's a four. He's a four drop, but a three-three. So you can. Yep. It's got a bit of beef in there.
1: Yeah, Or if you ally in a um, a Lehman oh. Russ. Oh, sorry, Lehman Russ, a Land Raider. I mean, there's tanks outside of the guard faction.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was sort of getting a bit involved. I'm so used to playing sort of broad regard, It's just all guard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> out about there. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Ashrick can ally with Space Marines and Orcs. Yep. So, I mean, Orcs have got a lot of vehicles recently. I'm not sure if they're tanks, though. There's yeah, been, yeah. There's, a,
1: there's, there's more tanks coming out, though, um, for the Orcs as well. So... Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the thing. We'll probably start seeing a lot more of them come out, too. We're yeah, I so, dare I mean, Yeah, audience, yeah so.
1: we can see the push coming, like for like elite units, tank units, and you know, all vehicle units um, and stuff like that. So, I think it's where he's at is a good spot, I think. But within again, there's still a lot to be released until then. But um, yeah. yeah, it's going to get. I, I don't think he's in a horrible position with what's available just within faction. But yeah, it's interesting. Like even though we say like it's good on, say, the Hellhound, for example, like this card. it's, it's, it's There's a reason why it doesn't see play. It's because it's expensive. So, yeah,
0: four drops, three, three for two command. I mean, but having said that, can you afford it with this guy? Because, you know, it's either four drops, three, three. You know, you think he's going somewhere, but you, you run enough supports, he's not going anywhere.
1: What's well, the yeah, that, that, yeah, that's it. I mean, a unit like that is going to stick around because you've got so, much, so many shields available to you now. So, mm. yeah, I mean...
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a tough
0: one. It's a tough one. So there you have it, guys. It's the uh, the four leaders of our um, Astro Militarum in there. So three are out now. One is just taking the world by storm and has, say, just dragged um, the Astro out of the ashes and just risen straight to the top. Um, and he's, I reckon, he'll be around for quite some time. We do have uh, Brother Maxos coming in the next uh, pack coming out, who I think is also going to basically drag Space Marines right back up there as well. Yeah, um, it'll change space marines for sure. Yeah, for sure. So look, I suppose that when it comes down to it, I mean, now we've got these four guys here. How do these guys rank up in the flavor? Like who do they take who's the highest? Is the commissar the highest? Uh as opposed to Strachans the Soldier, the Inquisitor. You know, who's the highest ranking? Now, you know, you know, bit of these there. Who's got for the sure. highest rank?
1: The yeah, uh, the Inquisitor for sure.
0: Oh, the Inquisitor? Okay, yeah, so yeah, op- yeah, because yeah.
1: they operate, yeah, they operate with their own authority. Um, from so, like we we're saying before about the Astra Militarum being the military wing, the Inquisitor is he operates as part of like um, the Demon Hunter wing, so they can commandeer anything they want under the um the authority of uh, the Inquisition,
0: yeah, right. So, there you go, so Inquisitor Cotier should be on top there, but I think we've got to go to the Commissar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. That's what we're sort of looking at there so as a final bit of uh, touch on tonight sort of if you've uh, stayed tuned to our sort of last podcast and hopefully loyal listeners out there keep on listening, um, you'll know about the sort of next cycle that's coming out and the keyword and sort of we're just going to talk about what's coming out for Astra um, so me and Chris were debating this sort of like well, debating have a conversation about it before and it's the way I used to play Astra um, and one of the guys I used to love playing was Marbo. Now I just think he, This guy fits so well into The um, Next Cycle's theme With Deep Strike He's got to be a card doesn't he Yeah
1: maybe like it's a tough one um, Because uh, a lot of These characters that they bring out like Warlords and that don't actually exist in the 40k universe So yeah yeah so whether they Bring him out if it's for someone like that Mabo It'd have to be a warlord you would think um, and then Would for th- those, a... okay. what's
0: that? What's that? I almost drop him as sort of like an event. I mean, sort of going from what he did in the game. So like you deep strike him into the game, he sort of appeared. Um, and then he had yeah. a and T- he had a basically C4 explosive. Um, yeah. A big one. <laughs> yeah. Big one, which basically, hello boys. And just dropped it on big AOE in there. Um, and sort of that's, I mean, he was a bit of a one pipe wonder, but he just did damage. So,
1: yeah, maybe he would come in as like a unique elite. Um, I was thinking yeah. maybe if he was a warlord, he'd be around He'd be around that new rule that's coming out, like the deep strike rule. So maybe signature squads and stuff like that would, but like the whole, he would be around the deep strike. But yeah, maybe not. Maybe he would come in as a a, a unique um, elite drop or something like that. So
0: I'm sort of, I mean, this is why I vision him. Um sort of a lead drop, you deep strike him into a planet, maybe he's like four to um deep strike, the actual ability, so whatever like a better term, you flip him, you res him, whatever your whatever your other game your fluff is these days. But when he flips, when he deep strikes, he destroys all other units at that planet. Would that is that too powerful?
1: Yeah, it's it's like an exterminatus, but
0: at, mm. But Astrid don't have one. I mean, they could run exterminatus, I suppose, because they can loyal with space marines. But yeah, you know, I mean, I suppose you could put an attachment to him. But I reckon that just suits his flavour. He gets in, he's got the big ass bomb. Boom! Everyone dead.
1: But from like a thematic point of view, like exterminatus is is very very different to like a dude throwing a C four charge.
0: <laughs> yeah, exterminatus, is kind of exterminatus
1: is like a planet killer. <laughs>
0: right, well, maybe okay. Maybe I've got a big strain there. Maybe what we'll, we can just it into like a. Of warp storm sort of thing, a two damage to every unit of the planet.
1: Yeah, warp storm's still pretty big on the scale of C four compared to um, you know, like a warp storm. Warp storm's a pretty big deal as well.
0: <laughs> Unpreventable one damage. You're downgrading here, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like that's the thing. Like he's more of like, even though like in the game it was like a large template could sort of hit multiple units or whatever. It's more of like a, like that one shot against one particular unit. Like I mean, it was always yeah. used ideally to go for like an elite sort of unit or a tank or something like that because we're so good at, at um at attacking tanks like busting over in those tanks so i think it'd be more like like a lot of damage against one unit
0: so um, maybe like the war leader so like Dark out a war leader when you deep strike him destroy a one unit of this planet
1: yeah maybe something like that I don't, i'm not too sure like it just depends like how how what they want they've got a balance like um you know, fluff versus what the faction needs. I guess like that's even if you see him. I mean, we're only spitballing here. I, honestly, I'd probably I'd prefer to see him as a warlord, and maybe spoil that a little bit more. But he was never really a general or anything like that. Like he just sort of ran his own unit or operated yeah. on his own. So that's
0: a whole idea. I mean, he was take off. I mean, the whole Marbo thing is it's Rambo, isn't it? Just a. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One man army. So, yeah. Exactly. That's the whole idea we're going with there. So. Yeah. yeah maybe. He's a maybe. Or he doesn't have a signature squad.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It'd be be hard to do. Yeah, I think yeah. if you did, Sam, you're probably right. He would be like an elite, unique um, unit. I don't know because he's he's very um he's very unique even um in the 40k universe. Like there's there's nothing like him at all. Like just a one man unit that operates like that. So how yeah. you know, that would translate that into into conquest? I'm not too sure. Probably like you said, though, a single a single deep strike uh, unit. It'd be pretty funny to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd quite like it. I mean, I just, yeah, he just seems to me, it's like, I, I, look, I don't think I've seen too many previews for Astra in the deep strike. I don't think I've, got, I've seen anything for him yet. No,
1: not that I, none that I can think of
0: either. So they're just, they're holding it back because then, you know, Marbo's going to be in there. So anyway, yeah, that's, I, that's sort of my uh, hope to see what we've got in the next thing. I mean, what's your thing you're looking forward to? What do you Astra are you going to Astra going to go from here? What's, what's that going to um... happen?
1: Be- I don't know, man. Like it's it's hard to say because they're in such a good position. Like, where do you take yeah. them from here? Like, you've you've seen them, like we've seen a Kith essentially, um, Meta, be just crushed in what like six weeks, six weeks to yep, two months, pretty much. Like that the swing has just been absolutely incredible. So it's
0: so good. So long time coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's almost uh, I don't know. Like, it, have, have they gone too far with Astra? or –
0: not at all. I think sure. it's just the next power level, um, which, you know, so I've seen Astra around. I still think he's definitely against Space Marines when, since Maxos comes out. And even now, he's still got a weak spot against like Cato and Ragnar, and that's with Broderick anyway, because, you know, you think of Astra being durable. Space Marines have been the most durable for ages. Um, yeah, but you to... pay for those units. You pay for them. You do, but they don't have they don't have too much trouble dealing with the swarm, um, as the one Astra provides. I mean, as I said, I've seen the sort of the Astra in there. Um, the tournaments I've been to, the only time I've seen, uh, you know, Astra players lose is against base Marines. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I haven't seen the results that it's coming out. But, you know, Broderick's winning a lot now. And there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, winning. Well, the,
0: the last re- regionals have now started. Um, so everyone get on board. It's regional season. We're starting to crank out. So test those decks. Play a bit of Broderick. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the first the issue won by Cato.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I was right. just going to say, I think the issue with Broderick is he was the first Warlord who really came out of the gate that was really capitalising on the colour planet um, advantage. Yeah. And we haven't really seen anything since, like, we've seen little cards here and there, but we haven't seen, like, a war- like another Warlord um, sort of match up well against it, I guess, like, as a comparative like we've seen
0: no, I mean, a couple the next one the dark elder one whatever her name
1: the raider chick yeah who... but she she still needs cards
0: oh yeah hell yeah she... i played against the other day and i was feeling sorry for the opponent i was playing against he was just yeah yeah no she, you know, she still needs she still He's needs those cards you it back, man it's like dude you're playing two twos one twos it's like yeah what i'm playing orcs man you're, <laughs> you're yeah. never gonna get the yeah. damage to kill me
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but i think when we see um more warlords come out, or more cards come out that are competing, like for their own, um, you know, planets. You know, like we we touched on a previous podcast, like with Sowing Chaos synergizing. While well with that, um, that you know, you know, maybe it's a new you know type of score or that three drop um, at blue planets. Then, um, you know, you'd be able to put a, a bit more of a fight because it just seems at this point, like if you've got a tricon, for example. It's very much in Broderick's favour because you're not matching up as well because you don't have that, you know, your own race's like colour advantage to sort of go toe to toe with him at those tricons. Yeah. Or at those um,
0: doubles. I will tell you now though, Broderick, I'm not a big fan of the Smasher Cannon. That nice. That doesn't cause always you a bit of low strength, low toughness. <laughs> what do you mean, in his deck or against uh, it? against him. So when he's playing like all that indirect damage it just hurts him so bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, but Smash a Cannon, I think that's a, an episode unto itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, Chris is favourite card. Um,
1: hey, it is my favourite card, dude. It's stupid. It's gone straight <laughs> into my Kugat deck.
0: Indeed. That's a rock, boy. Um, so, all right, folks. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Um, hope you've enjoyed the episode. Once again, stay tuned to Tempo Gaming. We're um, releasing more, uh, especially Conquest podcasts. We'll... Focus on probably the uh, Imperial, sorry, the Space Marines next um, with Brother Maxos coming out. We certainly want to talk about him and see how much he can influence the meta we're looking at today um, with Broderick and Keith sort of up there and the rest sort of taking down. Um, if you got any questions or any uh, advice for us, email the uh, Facebook page and uh, send it off to Matt, who's clearly listening in right now. So, well, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. See so, yeah.